This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Hey, welcome in, guys. Brandon Sprague here, 1080 The Fan out in Portland, hanging with my man Travis Thomas of 980 in D.C., and we're back for yet again another version of Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app. I hope everybody's week's been going great because we have a lot to get to this week. Uh, Travis, good to have you back yet again, my man. I want to start with a question on quarterbacks, if you would uh, indulge me. We had the debut of a lot of rookie quarterbacks and people excited to see a second-year guy like Jordan Love. I'm just curious, looking back to last week and even going into this week, who you've been excited about or who you want to continue to watch to see their development from the rookie quarterback angle? Brandon, first of all, it's great to be back. And I've been hitting bets left and right. People in my inner circle, my friend, have been making fun of me for betting preseason games. And all I've been doing is picking winners. So I'm hot right now. I'm in fuego. And this is a perfect show to give out some winners. Now, as far as the rookie QBs, It starts and ends. You know, I've already talked to you about this. Justin Fields, who will be the rookie of the year in the NFL. I look at my ticket every night before I go to bed because I know it's just going to cash for me. He was the most impressive to me. But to be honest with you, I thought all the rookie quarterbacks look good. Uh, You know, obviously, Zach Wilson, we can see, can play. Trey Lance wasn't great, but he showed flashes. Mac Jones looks good. Trevor Lawrence is going to be running for his life all season with that offensive line. It's putrid, but mm-hmm. he looks apart too. Uh, so I, I was impressed with all these rookie QBs, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I understand why you'd want Justin Fields. You obviously have the ticket, and I get it. I think every quarterback, the good part was every quarterback gave their respective fan base as a reason to be excited. Trevor Lawrence had moments. Trey Lance had a moment. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Hell, Mac Jones, he just had his debut, and he's had a pretty good little start down there in New England. So I'm with you. I I think it's a great showing by the rookie quarterback so far, and there's probably not one fan base that feels better than every other fan base. I think there's optimism all around. I I just thought it was exciting because this is a huge draft class of quarterbacks. I got to tell you, Brandon, I, I think what's happening in the NFL now, the rules are set up for quarterbacks to be successful. All these quarterbacks now, and you and I love college football. We'll talk it later in the show like we always do. But these quarterbacks are set up for success in college, too. And you're seeing all these schemes, the spreads, the gimmicky offenses that we used to call gimmicky. Now they're in the NFL. So I think what's happening is these college quarterbacks are so prepared for this league. They get in day one, Brandon, and they're turnkey. They're ready to ball out immediately. That's mm-hmm. why uh, my man in Chicago needs to turn the fields immediately and get Andy Dalton out of here. Trent Dilfer once said to us that quarterback play was going to explode in a way that nobody was ready for. And when asked why, he said because they have these elite 11, elite 7-on-7 seven seven camps for That's these it. kids when they start as sophomores in high school. So to yep. see them get to college, 
make progressions, show incredible skill level, and then get to the NFL and live up to the billing. Someone like Trent Dilfer, who follows this stuff very closely, has been seeing this coming a mile away. I think it makes the season that much more interesting because what's the ultimate goal of all these teams? It's to win the Super Bowl. And that's where I want to start, Travis, is because we've got some really juicy Super Bowl odds to get into today. We'll go through some rushing, some passing leaders. We'll get into some college football. But I do want to kick it off with some Super Bowl odds because as the season continues to get closer and closer and closer, we need to make sure we're giving you guys the right bets. So Super Bowl odds out there, Travis. First of all, who very early on was the team that you identified with decent odds that you liked going into the year to maybe hoist the Lombardi trophy? And now that a couple of weeks have gone by with camp, have you changed that pick at all? It's so funny. You structure that question in that way, because that is me to a T. So when this stuff first came out, I went with my head. I went with my brains, my brains say Kansas city, just because look, you know, I, I love Buffalo. I love Baltimore. Uh, we know all the teams in the AFC. It's kind of top-heavy in the AFC. But ultimately, do you believe that any of these quarterbacks can beat um, Patrick Mahomes in a big game with all the chips on the table? No, not really. At least that's what my brain says. So I look and I say, all right, Kansas City. Then on the NFC side, the NFC is much more deeper. But in the end of the day, don't you kind of feel like your brain, it's going to be Brady and Rodgers? Yes, I do. Now, this time, I'll go Rodgers. And I looked at the odds, and I say, okay, how about Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers for our Super Bowl? It feels very realistic to me. Uh, Green Bay really could have been there with some better play calling late in the game against Tampa, but that's another topic for another day. And honestly, Brandon, they only have the fourth highest odds. Only 3% of the tickets are on that matchup. That's my head. My heart. I look at the odds, the greed takes over, and now I'm looking for, let's call it realistic long shots. And my heart tells me Baltimore and Seattle for a Super Bowl matchup. Wow. I trust Russell Wilson in a big game. The only quarterback in the NFC that I feel comfortable and I can sleep good at night saying he could beat Brady and or Rodgers is Russell Wilson. Uh, obviously, yeah, Pete Carroll is a head coach. Obviously, the Seahawks for once improved their team in the offseason. They have that 12th man. Fans are back in the stands. I could see Seattle on the AFC side. It's just a crapshoot. Take your pick. Josh Allen, Lamar, it doesn't matter. Take one of these young QBs you believe in to maybe beat Mahomes. I'm going Lamar because I think, and we talked about this last week, the Ravens are wildly undervalued. So my heart and my greed took over, and I have a ticket on Baltimore and Seattle in the big game, Brandon. I like I like the long shot odds. Not that it's like a super long shot, but Baltimore-Seattle is going to give you some real value here. I want to run down. You mentioned Chiefs-Packers has the fourth best odds uh, from BetMGM. Number one is Chiefs-Bucks at 7% of the tickets. They also have the highest handle at 16%, 11 to one odds for that Super Bowl matchup. The second is Chiefs Rams, which I'm not shocked that that's a popular one and good value too at 18 to one, uh, 4% of the tickets on that. And then Bill's Bucks at 25 to one before your Chiefs Packers mention uh, at 4% of the tickets. These are all very viable options that look, nobody's crazy for betting on any of those four. I do think you need to be a little cautious of just assuming this is the league 
of unassuming, right? Go back to the Kansas City Cleveland game in the divisional round or in, in, in the AFC playoff picture last year where we're looking at Cleveland maybe being on the doorstep of eliminating Kansas City in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes suffers an injury. He has to go out and they have to turn to a backup quarterback. That's your scenario. And anytime you have that scenario and that violent of a sport, I don't think there's really a truly bad bet when you're talking about the top end teams in either the NFC or the AFC. I understand the Brady Rogers stuff. I get the Patrick Mahomes stuff, but I think if you're looking outside of those three, that's when you started to get in some real quality value. I think Cleveland, for example, is going to be a really good team this year. They're plus 1600. It's a tough division with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, maybe Cincinnati where Burrow takes a step. But I think a team like Cleveland gives you great odds. If you like L.A. with Stafford, that's plus 1,200. I mean, you're looking at two teams with real long shot odds, good odds, that if you think they can get to the Super Bowl and dismantle a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Brady or a Rodgers, that's a ticket that is absolutely going to cash and maybe give us the most entertaining matchup in general. And that's what I am always after as a fan is good value and who is going to give me great entertainment because of the four teams that we had last year, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Panthers, and just the playoff picture in general, Travis, you're going to look at that and naturally say what teams in the entire playoff picture from last year will not be there again next year, this year, because every single year, what do we see in the NFL? It's constant turnover. So sometimes you eliminate a team in your mind, but you need to wheel it back a little bit. And I like that you use Seattle as an example. There got bumped in the first game. Who's to say that they won't make a run. DK Metcalf takes a step. Jamal Adams got paid. He's happy. They signed Dwayne Brown. Who's to say Seattle doesn't have a chance. But right now, when you look at the bets, not a lot of people out there are cashing tickets or putting money on tickets to cash in on the Seattle Seahawks. So I like where your head's at because we have constant turnover in the NFL playoff picture every year. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about both of our matchups. Okay, Baltimore, Seattle is mine with, with for value, right? Yours yeah. is Browns, Rams. And I'm yep. trying to pick apart yours, and it's not hard, okay? I cannot, Brandon, for the life of me, trust the Cleveland Browns to get to the Super Bowl. I can't trust the franchise. I can't trust the brand. Now, to be fair, everything you laid out is true. I mean, uh, they won a playoff game. Uh, Stefanski seems like he has his stuff together. Uh, mm -hmm. The defense is ridiculous. Offensively, they have talent all over the place. And if Baker Mayfield can take a break from all these commercials, I mean, maybe he can do some things. But I just can't bring myself to trust him and put uh, any money on them to win any type of championship, maybe in my lifetime, to be fair. And then the Rams. Now, you and I have had this debate. I, I just... Do you really trust Matthew Stafford, man? I mean, honest to God, Brandon, can you look me in my eyes, socially distanced across the country from me here in D.C., <laughs> you're in Portland, and tell me, you trust Matthew Stafford? You trust the Browns and Matthew Stafford? Well, I mean, look, I don't blame you for having this kind of thought, but I trust Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay. He's got one of the best, maybe the best offensive minds in football, and you're getting a guy out of constant garbage in Detroit and you're bringing him to the West coast. You're bringing him to sunshine. You're bringing him to Aaron Donald. You're bringing him to Cooper cup and, and, and all of these talented players on the Rams. And you're saying, Hey, you get a, you get a restart in your career. I absolutely will trust that. And as much as you may question the Browns and I get it, I grew up my entire life. The Browns were the paper bag team of my lifetime. I understand the hesitancy. 
but they came damn close. And I thought Stefanski was too conservative when the chiefs had to switch quarterbacks. If they're not conservative, maybe they end up coming back and winning that game. I don't mm. think the Browns are any more inconceivable to win that conference than your pick of Baltimore. I, for all the questions you might have about Cleveland, there are questions that are fair about Lamar and getting past that hump. And can he no go doubt. into Buffalo? Can he go into Kansas city and pass his way to an AFC championship? Yeah. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I think there are just as many questions with a Baltimore as there is a Cleveland, which I think kind of just tees up even more. So boy, this is Patrick Mahomes' conference to lose, right? Has he not set up to go yet again back to the Super Bowl and potentially win two championships in three years? It's teed up for him because there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cleveland, a lot of pressure on Lamar, and a ton of pressure on Josh Allen and Buffalo. We know Kansas City's good. They know they're good. There's not a pressure with them the way there is with these other teams. Let me ask you something because, you know, we sit here and we talk about the AFC and – you bring up the Browns. I bring up Baltimore. Are we being disrespectful to the Buffalo Bills? Because how come neither one of us has gone there? How come neither one of us has said, you know what? If Lamar can do it in my case, which I'm arguing, mm -hmm. or if Baker Mayfield can do it in your case, which you're arguing, right. how come neither one of us has said, can Josh Allen do it? I, I mean, I'll tell you my trepidation with the Bills, and I'm interested in yours for me. I just think when you get in these playoff games, even going head-to-head -head against Patrick Mahomes, you have got to be able to run the football. And I just worry that the Bills, if they're up in a game, let's say Josh Allen outperforms Mahomes, and they're up a score or 10 points or so against the Chiefs when it counts, they cannot run the ball to milk the clock and win that game. They can't do mm -hmm. it. And that's what worries me. You're going to give Mahomes more chances to come back and rip your heart out, and that's exactly what he can do. Is that your trepidation with the Bills? Because I, I think we're both being a little disrespectful here. You know, Buffalo, I think, is decent value, and I understand why people have them pegged where they have them. But my thing with Buffalo, Travis, is, is really this simple. I, I would like to see Josh Allen duplicate what he did last year and build off of that. That's not to suggest he's going to take some huge step back. It's just a, I'd like to see it again, similar to Lamar, similar to Baker, please go do it again. And the other thing with Buffalo is I can't get past the playoff run, which I think we largely overlook the Colts game. And I watched that game twice. There was a possession with the Colts deep in Buffalo's end zone. They could have scored and extended that lead and they got completely stuffed because of bad play calling the Colts could have had them in the first round. And then you go to the Baltimore game. One of the uglier playoff games we had last year it was cold. It was windy. Eh, you know, I, I don't know how much stock I'm putting into a low scoring affair between those two teams. And that could be a coin flip if they're playing that game in Baltimore. And then just quite frankly, to say it, man, Buffalo could step up this year, but they did not show that they could do it against Kansas city. That got completely outworked in that AFC championship game. And so I think it was a little disheartening from the betting angle to look at Buffalo and feel so definitively confident that they were going to be able to come back and get to that point again. So that is my hesitation. Cleveland is a longer shot, Baltimore, a longer shot, but if we're betting futures and we love to go back to the futures here on the uh, BetQL and Odyssey app, I want a little more value versus yeah. just saying Buffalo is going to do it again. I need to see something more from them on a consistent level for me to feel as confident in Buffalo as maybe a lot of other people out there. I don't disrespect them. I just don't come in with the same confidence that a lot of other people out there do. 
Home field advantage is going to be so clutch for them. Bills Mafia, if you had to go there to get a playoff win, good luck. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot to get to today. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to get into some rushing and some passing totals coming up this year because, man, we got our eye on some juicy, juicy player totals that I really like. Some underrated ones, some properly rated ones, and maybe the leader in the clubhouse in both categories. We're also going to dive into some college football today. Uh, Division, conference odds, we've got them all lined up. We're both big college football fans out here on the West Coast, the East Coast, and we're going to bring that to you. So it's a loaded show. Let's get to this. Derrick Henry, the rushing leader last year. Is he going to do it again? And, man, who's taking the man on the passing game? This is Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague only on the BetQL Network. Yes, let's get back to more Back to the Futures by BetQL. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague here. Now, we're going to get into some NFL passing and rushing leaders prop bets for this season. But first, I would like to review because I'm still in my feelings a little bit, Sprager, from last week when you tried to argue with me that DeAndre Hopkins is not the best wideout in the NFL when everyone knows it's true. And then you throw me Devontae Adams, who has never had uh, a day without Aaron Rodgers in his life. And then you had the nerve. This is really what has me burned up. You had the nerve to bring up Keenan Allen into the conversation. Keenan Allen? You don't give me Stephon Diggs or someone I can believe in. You give me Keenan Allen? Come on, Brandon. (laughs) Look, Keenan Allen, I think is actually going to have a really big year because I think Herbert, and we'll get to this, is going to have a really big year. It's debatable. Oh. You want to go Hopkins? I'm sh- I'm sure a lot of people would agree. Downplaying Devonte Adams versus DeAndre Hopkins because he plays with a great quarterback. I don't get that that logic. Like that's like <laughs> comping Dominique Wilkins to Scottie Pippen. Is Dominique maybe better overall? Probably. But let's not downplay what Scotty meant to Michael Jordan. Jordan didn't win a championship without him, right? I don't think the Packers are where they're at without Devonte Adams and just having Aaron Rodgers. So. I don't like to diminish talent because they play with talent. I think you can recognize it. And if DeAndre Hopkins is better in most people's estimation, that's fine. But I, Devontae Adams, man, he has taken up his game the last couple seasons to another level. I think it's absolutely worth a debate. I, I think that's fair. Devontae Adams, Diggs, I'll take. But this Keenan Allen thing, you just got to let this go. Now, he may have a big <laughs> year. No question about it. But the best... Remember, our argument was about the best wide receiver in football. Don't try to change the argument. The argument was the best wide receiver in football, and you give me Keenan Allen, please. All right, now Keenan let's Allen. get into the <laughs> let's get into the passing leaders because if not, we're going to do this a whole segment just like we did last yes. week. Now, for you gave us a little tease there. You gave us a little something, something there. Are you mm-hmm. are you willing to maybe do a Justin Herbert? being a passing leader in this league because you have beautiful odds there, my friend, because at the top of the board, you know, the names Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Roger Stafford. Are you going to give me a little Justin Herbert here with your boy, Keenan Allen? Uh, I am. I, I actually think Justin Herbert is the best passing value you can get for leading NFL quarterbacks this year. Let's bear in mind, by the way, his rookie year, a year that many quarterbacks tend to struggle or come crashing down to earth. He threw for 4,300 yards and was only 500 yards behind the leader in the league, which is Deshaun Watson, who will probably not play most of the year and be out of the running 
for this competition. Mahomes is there. I get it. They're a big passing team. Brady, top three last year, was amazing. Ryan and Allen, the only ones ahead of him. I can make a case that he will pass all of them this year. And right now, depending on what you get, 14 to 1, 16 to 1, it just depends on the book. You can get some really solid value out of what Justin Herbert can be this year. Brandon Staley, their head coach, was just quoted at a practice screaming at his team saying, we're going to throw the ball this year. So, yes, they have Austin Eckler, who's a very good running back, but I think they are really going to put it in the hands of the second-year QB and Justin Herbert, who took the NFL by storm. I think you can increase that from 4,300 to about 46, 4,700, and I don't think that's ridiculous either. And I think that's what's going to get it done this year is somewhere in that neighborhood because it's such a pass-happy league. Justin Herbert gives you the best value, and I actually really like that pick to win it anyway because he was sixth as a rookie, and I think he's going to take a positive step forward in year two. All right, Sprager, I'm going to shock you here and agree with you. As far as a value play, that's tremendous. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go all Keenan Allen on you here and and start an argument. I'm fine with that <laughs> as a value play, but even though I hate doing this, I'm one of those guys that's going favorites here. Now I'm not going top of the board. I at uh-huh. my place I got Mahomes plus 500. I'm not doing that. But right. I am going right after him with Josh Allen at plus 800. And here's why, Sprager. I have a theory on this, okay? We kind of touched on it a little bit last segment, but I want to go deeper into it here. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, because they've been there before, they know what it takes. Everyone thinks they're going back to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. I get it. He's a superhero. But I think the Chiefs, as we get towards the end of the regular season, will absolutely be in rest our guys mode. Let's get ready for the playoffs. We know what it takes to get there. I believe the Buffalo Bills, Sprager, know that they have got to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills know that if the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo, they have a chance. If they have to go to Arrowhead, they don't have a chance. They need to host that game, and they know it. No matter who comes in there, Mahomes maybe gets knocked off in the playoffs. We don't know. But Mm -hmm. Buffalo needs to have drunken fans jumping through tables that are on fire. They have to have it for them to get to the Super Bowl. Because of that theory, I believe all the starters will play. Every game will count. I think Josh Allen, by default, those last few weeks of the season, you could have Mahomes as the leader. I think Josh Allen will leapfrog him and surpass him and be the passing leader in the NFL at plus 800. It's not a great value play like your Herbert. I will give you that. But I think he has a realistic shot to hit that bet and cash that ticket. Travis, if you're getting eight to nine to one odds on Josh Allen to do it, I think every point you made is is spot on. Uh, First of all, they're an organization, as we saw against Miami, they didn't need to play that game against the Dolphins last year. And he played his starters the entire first half. And they absolutely took Tua and the Dolphins to the woodshed. So I I can understand your logic. I think you're making a lot of good points. And and look, not everything has to be what's the highest value bet you can get, right? How do you get to 10 plus to one odds? I think you can take the favorites from time to time. Mahomes is a good bet. Josh Allen is a good bet. I don't know if I'm sold completely on Brady here. Uh, Brady is one of those. I look at it and I say, is he really going to keep doing this every single season? He does. But at some point, just age is going to catch up and you'd imagine they're going to rely on the ground game. I'll give you one kind of a dark horse long shot, but not as long as you think. How about Kirkers? Kirkers in Minnesota. 
assuming he gets that Pope mobile and he doesn't get COVID Kirkers <laughs> right now at 3,500. I mean, he was eighth in passing yards last year. Justin Jefferson, I would assume is going to be the same and or better. We know Dalvin cook can catch the ball. I, I like Minnesota to, to sling the rock a little bit. And if you're looking for a real dark horse, long shot, Kirk cousins is another good one because he finished within the top 10 of passing yards last year. Yeah. Look, you know how I feel about Kirk cousins. I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of theory to what you're saying. So I do understand it. And they're in that pass happy system and he has weapons galore. I just can never, as you know, and I do say never, I never put a bet on Kirk cousins because he will get me right there. He will, I will literally be at the finish line and then right. he'll blow it and we won't cross the finish line. I'll give you one. Look, I think Russell Wilson, for a lot of the same reasons I said about Josh Allen, I think Russell Wilson in that uh, division that they play in, which is brutal, he's going to be playing every single regular season game. There, there will be no resting for the Seahawks. And he has weapons too uh, around him, just like Kirk does in Minnesota. I think Russell Wilson finally could put together a season that not only could he be the passing leader, I think there's real value, Brandon, for him at MVP, uh, which at this point would feel like a lifetime achievement award because he's always in the conversation and he kind of tails out. I think Russell Wilson could have some value play there. And by the way, when you get to the finish line, I trust that guy way more than I trust Kirk Cousins. What about on the rushing side of things? Uh, you know, obviously, Derrick Henry, everyone's running to the window for him. Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. We know the household names. Where's your value play for the rushing leader in the NFL? You know, rushing. And by the way, the Russell Wilson MVP bet that you just mentioned is basically yep. the equivalent to your Kirk Cousins thing. Do not put that bet down. We say this every year, and then he flames out after six weeks. I think that's the year. Dude. But MVP is always kind of one that he he tends to stumble on. Look, rushing is going to be a very interesting case this year because you've got so many great choices, I think, to potentially lead the NFL. Derrick Henry, a clear favorite. He, he kind of falls into a Mahomes category at this point, like the obvious favorite. But it's like three to one odds if you can go find it. It's not a bad bet. Again, some of these favorites, they're not the greatest of odds but they're not worse. Dalvin cook is a sneaky good pick. And I hope that he can stay healthy because man, he had a great year last year. Nick Chubb is probably the one I'm going to eye here. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's coming back. Saquon Barkley at some point and Jonathan Taylor ended up having a really good campaign with the Colts, but I'm going to go Nick Chubb as a guy that mm. I'm really eyeing right now. That gives me decent value at around eight to one. And then also just kind of the way the offense is built. They're not going to ask Baker to go throw it 45 times a game like Josh Allen or Mahomes or Brady. They're going to give Nick Chubb his, his touches. And I think this is a big year for Nick Chubb to get more touches, to be on that field more. And that's what Stefanski likes to do, right? He likes to set up the run so he can knock you down with the pass. That is how Cleveland thrives. I really like Nick Chubb this year to lead the league in rushing. Derek Henry, I would assume is taking a step back from 2000 plus yards because man, if he can do that back to back, we have a conversation of, is that the greatest two years for a running back ever? But Nick Chubb to me is definitely a guy I'm keeping my eye on because I think he'll get more touches and he's, he's really one of the more underrated running backs in the entire NFL. In my opinion, by the way, the Colts and Jonathan Taylor have the easiest strength of schedule for running backs against rushing defense per fantasy football pros. I mean, listen, um, based on I, last I, year, we have no idea what yeah, these teams are going to be this year. 
based on last year. I, I, I look, I love the, um, I love that play. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Chubb's a baller. Jonathan Taylor's a baller too. I like either one of those. I'm going to give you a, a real dark horse here. And of oh. course, you know, our guy, our guy, Jake, at this point, he has to have a man crush on me for all the bears love that I do on this show. David Montgomery, Brandon. Oh, don't do it. Don't do this. Listen, listen, don't do this. This yourself. is why, this is why it's a dark horse for me. Oh, no. As you know, I think it's just a matter of time, i.e. the first half against the Rams, that Andy yeah. Dalton is benched. I think if Justin Fields gets into this lineup as soon as I believe he will for the Bears, they're going to have to rely on the run. Now, Fields will be doing some of that running, but the Bears instantly overnight become a run-first offense. Let's just protect Justin the best we can, make the game plan as easy as possible for him. David Montgomery's a baller, and in fact, I've been saying, I think he needs more carries in this offense. I'd like to see him more. And they had Mitchell Trubisky, for God's sakes. I mean, David Montgomery should have been running every damn play. So for me, I think Dark Horse, not saying I'm running to the window with it, Brandon. We're trying to get yeah. people values here. Could I not sprinkle a little something on David Montgomery to lead this league in rushing? Do you think I'm crazy, Sprager? Uh, I don't think you're insane, but it's not one that I'm eyeing all that much. He he, you know, he right. barely got past the thousand yard threshold last year. I do think if Fields plays and we both agree that he's going to play, he's going to take yeah. some of those rushing yards away from David Montgomery. There's a reason his, his value is what it is. I'll, I'll give you one in kind of a similar fashion. And this is another guy who his quarterback could take some of the yards away and maybe take him out of this category more so than some of the other backs. I, I'm actually looking at JK Dobbins who's down there. He's outside of the top 10 in value. Baltimore is a heavy predicated run team. They love to stuff the defensive line, the linebackers, and just really control the tempo and the clock. I think J.K. Dobbins is good, but the problem with Montgomery and J.K. is that you have rushing quarterbacks who they're just going to take those carries away. They're going to take some yardage away. So we're both kind of eyeing similar situations where there's very mobile quarterbacks potentially playing here. Lamar had a thousand yards rushing last year as a quarterback. <laughs> That's yeah. going to play a factor here. Let me ask you this quick. Cause I know we're getting, we're getting close against it. Yeah. What, what is your expectation for Christian McCaffrey this season? Cause he largely missed last year. I, I mean, listen, it's the same as it is every year. I mean, you know, if listen to that word, he could stay healthy. He's one of the best in the league. I mean, that's a guy that could be MVP, but at this point, and I'm getting there with Saquon Barkley, too, with the Giants, to be quite honest with you, um, I'm tired of saying if. You know, it's like, I need to see it. Can you be healthy for an entire season and light the world on fire? If you could do that, I'm all in. But I, I just haven't seen it to the point where I can't count on it. I want to go back to J.K. Dobbins. I think that's a tremendous yeah. pull on your part. But I do not believe that J.K. Dobbins and David Montgomery are in the same situation at all because Lamar Jackson could very well lead this damn league in rushing, okay? Maybe that's the dark horse we should be giving out. To me, uh, the Ravens not only rely on Lamar, but they truly have a running back by committee situation going there. In Chicago, first of all, Justin Fields on his best day can't hold a candle to Lamar Jackson's running ability. And also... You know, David Montgomery is the alpha and the omega. He's going to get those the bulk of the carries. Let's just say the bulk of the carries. We're in Baltimore. They're going to go hot hands. They could go Mark Andrews. It could be Lamar. It could be Dobbins. So to me, I just think, I, I really do think Montgomery has the best value there in terms of the dark horses. But at the end of the day, I like all the favorites. I like Dalvin. 
and Taylor and Henry. Take your pick. Let me ask you very quickly. I know we're against it here. The sports almanac reference from back to the futures, since that's what we are back to the futures. When we look in the sports almanac back at 2021, who will have a better year on the ground? Saquon or Christian McCaffrey? Oh, screw you, Brandon. This is tough. I'll go Christian McCaffrey. Who is it? I'll go. I'll go McCaffrey. You put me on the spot. I'll go McCaffrey coming up. Alabama and Georgia are the SEC powerhouses. But there is a dark horse you can get value on. Travis Thomas, Brandon Sprague. This is Back to the Futures from BetQL. Keep it locked. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in, guys. Brandon Sprague, Travis Thomas here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. Back to the futures here. And we got some college football futures to get into, Travis, because we've talked a lot about the NFL, but we're also big fans of college football. You on the East Coast, me on the West. And it's a big season. So there's a lot of unknowns or uncertainties. And there's also some certainties, like Clemson is going to win the ACC. But let's start in the monster conference that matters, the one that runs the sport. The SEC. It just means more in the SEC. Travis, where are we looking in the SEC? Is it just a Bama or you you got your eye on some other teams in the in the conference? I mean, define eye on other teams in the conference. Cause I, I gotta be honest with you. I love Jimbo Fisher and I love the Texas AM Aggies. Now, why I say define it is because do I really believe they can knock off Alabama? And win the SEC? No, I I really don't. But oh my gosh, I mean, outside of the win total, which you and I have talked about, that I'm I'm all over for Texas A&M. I still really believe in this team, and I don't look. You know, college football is so wacky. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? But I feel like this Texas A&M Aggies team feels like a playoff team to me. They really do. I know, Brandon. They really do. But there's that damn Nick Saban and Alabama. Uh, Crimson Tide standing in the way. So I am very high on Texas A&M. I just, I can't bring myself, I want to do it so bad. I can't bring myself Mm -hmm. at plus 1,200, as greedy as I am, to bet them to win the SEC when I know Alabama's a problem. But I will say this, I have more faith in Texas A&M than I do Kirby Smart in Georgia, who have let me down. I've lost so much money betting the Bulldogs uh, to beat Alabama. I do trust Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M more than I do Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators who let me down time and time again. Now for me, I, even though I trust Jimbo more and the Aggies more, I still don't really believe they're going to win the SEC. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough thing to put a bet on in terms of winning the conference overall. Bama is the outright favorite at minus 165. Georgia actually is your second best odds at plus 200. And then there's your Aggies at plus 12, as you mentioned. Florida at plus 2,000. LSU plus 2,500. And how about the lane train? Getting some love out there at Ole Miss at plus 3,500. I love the offense. I'm not willing to bet on overall conference winners. Look, this is the conference that's dominated by Alabama. LSU has had a one-off. We've had Georgia had some good seasons. A&M has been close, but no cigar. And Florida hasn't done it uh, really since Urban Meyer was there. So I understand everybody's hesitancy to bet against Nick Saban in Alabama. And honestly, I don't know if I'd advise it. If you're looking to put just a couple bucks, not much, not going to break the wallet, uh, break the mortgage payment, 
I, I actually do like Florida. I think Florida, despite the fact that they're starting over a kind of quarterback under Dan Mullen, he's been pretty consistent, and he's come just a couple games away from being able to put Florida back in that national conversation of regaining the SEC. He's not going to gain it this year. I don't think anybody is because Alabama is Alabama. But if we're looking at the SEC for value, for odds, I like LSU. Uh, I like LSU at 25, but I really like Florida at plus 2,000 because I trust Dan Mullen. I know what he's doing. I know what he's going to bring me. And no matter who the quarterback is, I'm just going to assume at some point that kid's going to figure it out, go all the way back to his Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State days, and I think he's bringing that to Florida. So he is that one missing piece away, I think, from potentially pushing Nick Saban and giving the Florida Gators a legit shot in the SEC. Let's go to the Big Ten because we all agree on what the SEC probably is going to be, and that's Alabama. In the Big Ten, you've got some options, Travis, but are they? is Ohio State falling in a similar fashion as Alabama for you? Their odds to win are a little even increased at minus 225. Is there anybody in the Big Ten you're keeping an eye on? Or are you going to go maybe opposite Ohio State division and look at Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, who are your three best odds to win their divisions? You know, I want to go deep into a Big Ten theory that I have. But first, I want to go back to something you said uh, with Georgia and Florida being two teams that you're looking at to potentially push, push Alabama, particularly with Florida. But at the end of the day, you're still thinking Saban. This is the beauty of college football because I'm with you. I, I, we both talked about it. We don't need to spend more time about how great Alabama is. But Halloween weekend, Brandon, I mean, mm -hmm. we get Florida, Georgia in the big game. That game could still be because it's the SEC. It could still be a potential playoff implication game. Now, for the Big Ten, here's my theory, okay? I think the Ohio State dominance is coming to an end soon. I don't think it's this year, but I do believe you're going to have to start paying more attention to the Wisconsin's, the Penn State's. I'm not buying Harbaugh in Michigan, but all of a sudden you look up, Indiana's better. I was always tough. Minnesota, I mean, honestly, I think at the end of the day, Urban Meyer's not walking through that door. He's in the NFL. I do not trust, pun intended, Ryan Day. At the end of the day, I don't trust him. Ultimately, I think Ohio State starts to lose some steam maybe after this season. And it is Day's recruiting classes, and it is all on him and all the pressures on him, but not yet. I do think from a betting perspective, for value, the winner of the opener between Penn State and Wisconsin, now that game is at Camp Randall. I believe Wisconsin will win that game, but the winner of that game, I think you could maybe, if you want to sprinkle something that, you know, Ohio State fumbles a little bit this season. The winner of that game may be the way to go, but I'm not really buying it this season. But watch out, Brandon. It's coming. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good point, but I'm going to go a little off the board here. Now, Ohio State is clearly the favorite. It's hard to pick against them. I actually think they're a two-loss team this year. They're, they're also looking at a different quarterback position, and Ryan Day is going to be really tested this year to see how he develops the next guy as the head coach. I also think you got to play the division game when you talk about the Big Ten, Travis, because if you look in the East, it's a gauntlet. It's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State traditionally. Indiana is now kind of a, a, an emerging team. I think that division's too tough. Give it Ohio State and don't think twice about it, but I think they're going to beat each other up a little bit. So I look into the West part of that division, and I really like Iowa. Wisconsin's traditionally there, right? I understand that. 
Uh, Minnesota P.J. Fleck and rowing the boat. People kind of like them. I'm going to go Iowa. I think Iowa is returning enough talent. I think uh, Kirk Ferentz is really good over there, and they're returning their quarterback, and I'll always kind of bank on something like that in college football. Iowa right now is an outright winner just in the Big Ten, is at plus 900. That is insane value. It kind of shows you what they think about this, this conference in general. But if you're going to go off the board, I think Ohio State's going to lose two games. And I think the team that's going to win the uh, West Division is going to be Iowa. I think they're going to overtake Wisconsin for that one. We're talking college football futures here on Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. Let's go. The ACC, I don't know how much you need to dive into this. I don't. This is this is Clemson and everybody else. If you like North Carolina, you like Miami, good luck to you. You like Virginia Tech maybe because you're out there. Good luck to those tickets. They ain't cashing. Clemson's going to win this conference blindfolded. They are a minus 750 to outright win it. There is no value in that because we know they are going to win the ACC. Listen, bro, I have a funny story for you about that. But before that, I'm going back to Halloween weekend. I think you and I need to hang out and party because we get Iowa, Wisconsin that weekend as well. And by the way, Brandon, I'm just letting you know right now, I don't necessarily disagree with you about Iowa and everyone coming back and all that. And that's a great team. And we'll coach. But that game that I'm referring to is played at Camp Randall Stadium. I have been there, my friend. It is raucous. That is a tough place to get a win on any weekend, especially a big game like that. So I give the edge a little bit to Wisconsin there. All right, here's my ACC thing. So I had Adam Humphreys on my show uh, this past week, Washington football team wide receiver, right? He's a Clemson alum. And I say to him, I say, listen, I'm a big college football fan. I'm not going to lie. I think... With Trevor Lawrence, Etienne, some of the players at Clemson lost, absolute studs. There could be a little hiccup this season. I know you don't rebuild, you reload, but hear me out. I like Sam Howell. I like what they're doing at UNC. I think there could be a little momentum for the Tar Heels. Maybe I should sprinkle a little something on North Carolina to win Mm -hmm. the ACC. And I'll be honest, I was just trying to trigger him. I was just trying to get a reaction out of him. Uh, Brandon, he laughed at my face and he said, listen, bro. He literally talked to me like this. Listen, bro, don't waste your money. Okay. Dabo and the gang will be fine. There's only one death Valley. There's only one Howard rock and it's at Clemson. Okay. Don't waste your money. And it took all the air out of my sails. He's right. It'll be Clemson. You're right. Nothing to talk about. Yeah, you move on from the ACC quickly, and you see that, and you're like, ah, I don't really need to do that. Now, the Big 12, I kind of feel similar to the Big 12, but I want to get to the Pac-12 real quick. I'll tell you right now, I would pencil in Washington, and I'm going with UCLA to get to the conference championship game. They are loaded. The Bruins have a four-year quarterback, and Washington's schedule, their toughest game is maybe at Michigan, and I think they are going to beat Jim Harbaugh and company because they don't know what they're doing in Ann Arbor right now. I like Washington and UCLA to win the respective Pac-12 North and South and to meet in the conference championship. And I'm actually going to pick Washington to end up winning the conference in the Pac-12. And right now you can get them at plus 350. Those are what I'm thinking within the Pac-12 conference. What are you eyeing in the Pac-12? Hey, we can go rapid fire here because you sold me last week on Washington. And I will add this, though, Brandon, because you're on the West Coast and you're my insider. If you're wrong, I'm blaming everything on you. <laughs> Oregon might get Washington, but I think they can get through the season with one loss. Let's wrap this up with the Big 12. Is the Big 12 similar to the ACC? Is this Oklahoma and everybody else, 
Or are you liking what Iowa State's bringing back with their super seniors? Is Texas with Sark going to take that step? Where are we eyeing on the Big 12 right now? Texas with Sark has work to do, so I'm not buying them. I kind of like this BYU thing that Iowa State has going with these older guys. I think Iowa State might be my play here to shock the world, baby. Okay, Iowa State's not a bad play. Oklahoma State can't hang with Oklahoma ever. Gundy has got a a Lincoln-Riley problem, and TCU is always good but never great. So I think largely Oklahoma is going to run away with the Big 12. Boy, oh boy, college football is around the corner. And going through these conference picks, these rapid-fire picks that we're doing, gets me super excited for it, my man. I cannot wait. We're only, what, a week and a half away? Can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, All right. Well, we got a lot going on, a lot planned coming up here on Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app as we dive more and more into the NFL season that's rapidly approaching and, as we mentioned, uh, college football. But, Travis, you were wrong today. I dominated the dojo. I'm sorry (laughs) I did that to you. We'll be cashing our tickets. Tune in next week for another edition of Back to the Futures. I'm Brandon Sprague. That's Travis Thomas here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague on Back to the Futures from BetQL.